This is a CCRI radio podcast. New content every week from students at the Community College of Rhode Island. Listen, watch, read, and get involved at ccri.edu slash studentmedia. Hello to our audience. Coming to you from the night campus of CCRI. I'm Josh Loiselle, and this is the show Hold That Out. Glad you're listening. Hope everyone is excited for the holidays coming up. If you are going to travel out of state, be safe. If not, that's always fine. Still be safe. There's some interesting things going on, so let's get right into it. So to start, most people, including myself, would say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I absolutely, totally agree with that. 6'3", mid-220s, mobile, athletic, huge arm, a lot of horsepower, accuracy in and out of the pocket. He's a great leader, motivated, has that fire in him. Most of the time, I'd say he's great in big spots. Then I hear people say guys like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Some would say Brady because of the accomplishments. Okay, I don't totally disagree with that. I can see why some people would say guys like that would be the number two guy, right? Because always behind a number one, there's clearly a number two. To me... The second best quarterback in the NFL is Joe Burrow. Period. If I had to go five quarterbacks today that I would say are superstars, and then you have seven others that are regular stars, right? But the five that stand out from the rest to everybody, from five to one, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Those are your five. Now, the other seven are stars, capable of winning a Super Bowl. Probably some more than others, right? You got guys like Dak, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. I feel Jalen Hurts is in that conversation now. Kyla Murray. I would say Tua mainly because Matt Stafford is hurt. But I also can't deny his production and what he has had to overcome this season in terms of injuries. The five superstar quarterbacks that I mentioned, all were taken in the first round of their respective drafts. Mahomes in 2017, Allen and Lamar in 2018, and Joe Burrow and Herbert in 2020. So let's break down those five quarterbacks. Let's start with Lamar Jackson. He went to a basketball school, Louisville, where he won the Heisman Trophy. They tried to change his position when he was at the Combine to a wideout. He almost falls out of the first round, fell 30th to Baltimore, sat behind Joe Flacco, and ever since then, he's never looked back. Explosive, athletic, throwing mechanics get better, and he wins a majority of the games that he plays. I worry, though, how sustainable his style of play can last. I personally do not see him playing a 10- to 12-year career the way that he plays. Can he lean away from that? Can he lean away from what he's best at? Especially now that he's been hurt the last two seasons. Also, not to mention the franchise is dragging their feet to sign him a max extension. That has me concerned. Josh Allen. I thought he was a bust. Super raw his first year and a half in the league, 
but you did always see that there was something there in terms of talent. 6'6", 250, rocket arm, mobile, makes plays on the run. He's strong, and he turned around a franchise that was down for almost 20 years. However, very similarly to Carson Wentz, and this has been my biggest pushback on Carson Wentz, is he can be reckless and go off the rails on his mechanics. Allen is more polished than Wentz. There's no, I'm not disagreeing with that. However, Allen at times has relied on his talent too much, and it has gotten him in trouble. He's way too gifted of a thrower to be putting his body in harm's way the number of times that he does. I worry, like Lamar, how sustainable is that long term? How well does he age? How fast does he age? We've seen what happened to Ben Roethlisberger. Also, can his franchise build a better offensive line and get support in the run game to alleviate the pressure off of Josh Allen? Justin Herbert. Man, this dude can play. Very, very, very similar traits to Josh Allen in terms of his size and his ability. Uh, I would say he's probably the smartest quarterback out of these five. Uh, I had my doubts when he came out of Oregon. I thought he was kind of stiff, kind of robotic. Uh, he didn't play the strongest defenses when he was in the Pac-12. Um, it didn't matter. <laughs> it, just, it just literally didn't matter. I had to talk myself out of saying he was a franchise guy. The first game I saw that he played against the Chiefs, who at the time were defending Super Bowl champions, and he got into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. Now, with him, he's had two coaches in three years. Quite possibly could have three in four if Brandon Staley doesn't get this team to the playoffs once again. I worry if the organization can sustain constant stability and make the right decision on a coach. They draft well. The free agents they sign are fine. I worry about who they will get as the coach to build a culture and strain the defense out to make this team a more respected Super Bowl contender. Patrick Mahomes. He's the guy. Can we stop? I really, really can't think of anything he can't really do that well. I uh, didn't hear much about him when he was at Texas Tech, other than that huge shootout that he got into versus Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma back in 2016. Uh, he checks virtually every box you want a quarterback to check off. Honestly, could throw the best-looking football I've ever seen in my life. I do worry... Now that he'll have a major cap hit coming up soon, will the Chiefs be able to support him with enough on the roster to make them contenders? Also, if Eric Bieniemy gets a head coaching job, which it wouldn't shock me if he did, will he be the same with the tweaks on the coaching staff? Because Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, they all had different offensive coordinators. I haven't seen Mahomes without the only one that he's ever had. Then, there's Joe Burrow. This guy is really cool, man. He doesn't have the size of Allen or Herbert. He doesn't have the athletic ability of Lamar. He doesn't have the same off-platform accuracy or velocity of Mahomes. But there's one thing that he does have, and I feel it's very, very similar to Tom Brady. He has it. He's competitive. He's got fire in him. He's got swagger. He's fearless. He throws a pick. 
he'll keep he'll keep targeting that same defensive back who picked him off. He's got short-term memory. The media crushes Joe Burrow for the interceptions that he throws. Who cares? This season, he's third in passing yards, second in touchdown passes, sixth in passer rating, third in completion percentage. In seven road games, he has a 100.9 passer rating, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,800 plus passing yards. But it's the interceptions, right? He's got poise. He's got the right mentality. I feel him being from the state of Ohio, he fits the city of Cincinnati perfectly. Not to mention, the team was a mess when he got there. He shattered his knee his rookie season. The next season, with a bad offensive line, he's a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl. What I worry about with him is having a conservative ownership group and not playing in a large market that attracts free agents. Plus, I like Zach Taylor. I'm not quite sure how good of a coach he is, but so far, he has maintained his job security, in my opinion. Joe just seems to figure it out. Again, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, not the best arm, though he's got an exceptional arm. It's the mentality, his attitude, the moxie he possesses on top of his talent. Allen has mechanical issues. Lamar Jackson is now having an injury issue. Justin Herbert is wildly talented, though underachieving. Not quite sure if it's him or the coach. And Mahomes has it all, though I question over time how everything will age for him once he's making 50 large. Joe Burrow, he's got his issues. All right, he throws picks. Big whoop. Who cares? He's got an old school mentality. Troy Aikman threw picks. Brett Favre threw picks. Peyton Manning threw picks. Oh yeah, that's right. What do they all have in common? Super Bowls. Stop being paralyzed in fear. He has the weapons. He has the play calling. Go let it rip. He battles through his adversities differently. Was the fourth string guy at Ohio State. Had to transfer to LSU. Right? I don't know. Not saying any of those other guys are bad. But to me, you ask me, Joe Burrow, second best quarterback in the NFL. I could argue I don't really think it's that close. So on this topic, I would like to turn the attention to the NBA for a moment, and I would like to focus on the San Antonio Spurs. Now, for the first 15 years that I watched basketball, so you figure this is from the early 2000s, basically to the mid-2010s, right? The the San Antonio Spurs were just an amazing basketball team. Guys like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili... They had other guys like Robert Ory, Stephen Jackson, Michael Finley, Tiago Splitter, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard. The chemistry was great. They played excellent team defense. They executed their plays. 
Their transition on both sides of the ball was great. They had excellent strategy. There wasn't anything that this team couldn't do. The Spurs and the New England Patriots were very similar with the coaching, the star player, and the construction of their roster that fit into what they wanted to do. Both teams always felt like they were one step ahead of everyone else in the league. However, similar to the Patriots, once Tom Brady left, in the Spurs case, when Tim Duncan retired, the Spurs really can't seem to figure anything out. This year, they have a 9-19 record, last placed in the Western Conference. They're 27th in points per game. They're 24th in rebounds. They're first in points allowed to opposing teams, 120.4 points. They allow the highest field goal percentage to opposing teams, 50.7. They have the worst point differential in the league at minus 10.1. This is from a team that's coached by Greg Popovich. That's not only bad, It's also unwatchable. I spoke about this with Bill Belichick. If you cannot pivot in the field you're in as times change, you absolutely will struggle. You see it with the New England Patriots. Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels are gone. You would think you're watching Navy football. Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard are gone. You would think you're watching a lower tier Division I program. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a hot take. The Spurs are no longer a viable team, and they haven't been in quite some time. They don't spend money. They don't have any three-point shooters. Out of the top 50 three-point shooters in the NBA, they have one. Kelvin Johnson, and he's 25th. This is now becoming a pattern. Older successful coaches with a lot of power with their respective franchises, are refusing to pivot. And it's costing their teams. Belichick doesn't want to pivot and spend money on wideouts and quarterbacks. Greg Popovich refuses to spend money, period. Now, you could sit there and say, this could be because they're trying to grab that kid that's 7'4 from France. Okay, maybe. But what I've been noticing and what I've been watching over the last few years is that the NBA is getting more athletic with better shooters and longer defenders. San Antonio doesn't have much of that. It's strange because at one point, they were the model that the rest of the league looked up to. Now, it looks as though they need to look up at what the model is today. Golden State. A smart GM. A great coach, a superstar talent, Steph Curry. Excellent supporting cast. They're not afraid to spend money. Hell, the owner last year paid almost $200 million on the luxury tax. Who cares? They're winning titles. Spend the money. It also doesn't help that the Spurs are not even the biggest city in their own state. That's Dallas with an amazing young emerging superstar in Luka Doncic that has an owner with a massive bankroll and a smart coach in a way more marketable city. San Antonio, better act. 
Fast. Because this thing is getting way too out of hand. Way too fast. Speaking of money, finally today, I would like to quickly mention a little baseball. As most of you know, if you know me personally, I grew up in the New England area my whole life as a Boston Red Sox fan. I love the park that they play in. I love the history of the players, the rivalry between the New York Yankees. There's just something that feels big about it. However, over the last few seasons, I've questioned the direction from the front office. Years ago, this team wasn't afraid at all to load up the roster and compete for titles. Kurt Schilling coming over from Arizona, Josh Beckett from the Marlins, Daisuke Matsuzaka from Japan, John Lester, Dustin Pedroia, Jacoby Ellsbury were from the farm system in Pawtucket at the time. They were smart. They were aggressive in free agency. They had elite pitching. They just felt like a top five to eight ball club in the MLB. And now they look like they are a shell of themselves. The front office makes weird decisions and they don't spend money in a sport with no cap restrictions. Within two years, you let Kyle Schwarber walk, goes to Philly, and he crushes it. 46 home runs, 94 RBIs. That would have really helped. Don't give me that crap about him batting 218. You now let Xander Bogarts walk to San Diego. I would imagine he's going to crush. He's got a great supporting cast around him. Your pitching staff is led by Nathan Ivaldi, Leading the staff. I'm not saying he's awful because I don't think he is. But to be the ace of your staff? The LA Dodgers just gave Clayton Kershaw a one-year deal worth $20 million. You couldn't find $20 million for Clayton Kershaw? The Dodgers also just signed this kid, Noah Snydergrad, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. They just keep stocking up. The rich just keep getting richer. But then you sign Kenley Jansen, who in 64 innings pitched, allowed 45 hits, 25 runs, and 8 home runs while racking up an ERA of 3.38. That's where your money's going? I feel John Henry may have whiffed on this guy Bloom that's now running the show. Because I'm not sure if the guys they've drafted can play. I'm not sure if they're spending the money correctly. And when they do, I feel they're giving it to the wrong people. Not to mention I wasn't big on Alex Cora coming back. I'm just not sure on what the direction of the Red Sox are going forward. And fans should be concerned. Because you're now leaving Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez to pull a nine-man batting rotation. I like Christian Arroyo. Can he step up? Also, not to mention, Bobby Dahlback really struggled last year. You better hope and pray that Alex Verdugo has a bounce back season. Because if you're just depending on those three guys, Christian Arroyo, J.D. Martinez... Rafael Devers and Alex Verdugo, I'm not saying I don't like them. I like them a lot. But man, there's going to be a lot of weight that this team's going to have to carry.
This is a CCRI radio podcast. New content every week from students at the Community College of Rhode Island. Listen, watch, read, and get involved at ccri.edu slash studentmedia.